Lord, this morning, we thank you for this mighty prayer and for the word of God that just spoke to us. We pray this morning that your word will come forth with power, and we ask this in your precious name. Amen. I have read an enormously lengthy passage. <clears throat> if you visited, or if you ever get a chance and do visit Seattle, one of the most majestic things en route is visiting or moving and seeing Seattle Mount Rainier. <clears throat> it is this massive, stunning mountain that sits Anywhere from where you look in Seattle, you can see this massive mountain that is draped with beauty standing about 14,000 feet high. It drapes itself with beauty in covering the, with snow and the beauty is so breathtaking to see the wondrous hand of God that is set right before and I brought that out to show that as we come to the book of Daniel chapter 9, we are beholding something even more stunning, and I called it the majestic prayer of Daniel. And this morning, you cannot eliminate one verse or one word from this prayer because every word is so powerful and so stunning in its beauty. And this morning, I pray to you, I pray that the Holy Spirit, where you are seated, as you leave, it will open your eyes to see the beauty of this wonderful prayer that God has given through us through the man Daniel. Photography has this thing called depth of field. God gave us two eyes that we may behold and see because it gives us depth of perception. When one eye is lost, that depth of perception is greatly diminished. And therefore, in photography, there's this thing called the depth of field. And in the same like manner, when we who live in independently of God, we become one-eyed and able only to see vaguely even what is before us because they lack that depth of field. Ask the Lord this morning to give you that spiritual depth of field. Ask the Lord this morning to open your eyes to give you that revelation of the word of God God, even in this magnificent prayer that we read before us. St. Augustine was the one who said, prayer is to intercede for the well-being of others before God. And as you read through the Bible, you come to understand seven prayers of intercession by God's people. And by far, I'm not talking about the Lord's prayer. I'm not talking about even the, the prayer of intercession made by our Lord, but majestic prayers in the Bible of men who interceded. And this morning, we are looking at one of those extraordinary prayers. 
And before we step into that, I want to give you a little bit of a backdrop this morning of Daniel, where he is at this point. As the children of Israel, after the death of Solomon, the, two, the ten tribes became the northern kingdom and the two tribes became the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom fell into apostasy and were carried away by the Assyrians. Not long after, the southern kingdom, which was more spiritual, eventually fell into apostasy. And they were taken over, or they they were taken to Babylon. And God sent his prophets, Ezekiel, to Babylon. And God sent Jeremiah even before to warn them of the impending judgment that was supposed to come. And when we come to Daniel 1, what we see is we're brought face to face with the judgment of God upon Judah. And he becomes one of those early group of people who are taken captive and brought into the land of Babylon. And as he comes to Babylon, he is approximately about 15 years old. 15 years old. He comes from a lineage of a royal family. And he and a few others are brought to this land, foreign land. And he becomes that person held in captive, in captivity. And he is put into the school where three years he is now trained to stand in front of the king or be a part of their government. And while in Babylon, scriptures give us a unique perspective of Daniel and this man of excellence and the model of integrity that he exemplified in that he is flawless to the core even at such a young age. And this morning, I want to hit the points of his excellence and run and come to the prayer. One, Daniel is a man of purpose, chapter 1, verse 8. He purposed not to defile himself. When put to the test, he purposed not to defile himself. He defiled himself not with the king's meat and the royal wine. Right decisions are a result of right character. Making a stand with God is the difference between seeing the purpose of God performed in your life or not. And this morning I say to you, God is asking us to make us a cho- make a choice whether to cooperate with him to see his best come to pass. Daniel is a man of purpose. Daniel is a man that receives God's favor, chapter 1, verse 17. In the eyes of men and in the eyes of God, he receives that special knowledge, that special understanding, that wisdom that comes from God and God alone. And we see that he becomes that person that graduates at the top of his class and the wisdom that has come upon him is ten times more favorable than the others which comes to help us to understand the emerging truth that choosing God's way will distinguish you. Daniel is a man of purpose, a man of God's favor. Daniel is a man of excellence in that he excelled all areas because of the excellent spirit that was upon him. He was a man that was led 
and the Spirit of God rested upon him. And this morning I tell you, as the Holy Spirit is upon us, we who are of the New Testament, their Holy Spirit causes us. And the Bible says in Paul that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. Daniel was a man of excellence. Daniel was a man of prayer. And every time I read this, I say to myself, it's something to think about that not only did he pray, Daniel 6 brings us to an understanding that he says he prayed and gave thanks. Not only did he pray, but he gave thanks. Thanks, and brothers and sisters, it connects us to what Apostle Paul reminds us that in everything we give thanks. It's a tall order, and we can only do it with the Spirit of God. It's a tall order. It can only be done with the Spirit of God. And here he is in the most difficult of moments. He goes to his upper chamber. He opens the windows. He prayed, but he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Whatever that situation may be. Whatever hurdle you're facing. We may pray, but the other part to reach is give thanks and believe God that he is able to bring glory out of whatever it is that you are going through. Daniel was that man of prayer, but he gave thanks. Daniel was a man who was counted righteous, not that he called himself righteous, but the prophets were beside him. Ezekiel called out and said the righteousness of Daniel was brought to the surface by others. The record of Daniel's righteous conduct is not confined to the book he authored, but it is through others. It becomes an example for all as the writer of Hebrews brings out a mention that he who through faith subdued kingdom, worketh righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouth of lions. Daniel is that man who was counted righteous. And the last one I want to hit and go is that Daniel modeled that life of integrity. Daniel glorified God by his character and by his conduct. And brothers and sisters, his life exemplified something in a manner where three times he has that testimony of heaven that comes directly from heaven to give the voice and say, you are greatly beloved. Integrity is a powerful instrument in the hands of God. And this morning I say to all those that are serving God, sing with integrity. Minister with integrity. Pray with integrity. Lead with integrity. Speak with integrity. Love with integrity. Yes, your integrity counts. Your integrity 
will cause certain level to people to incite anger and resentment. But without doubt, you will become a powerful instrument in the hands of your God. You will be misunderstood because that is the price to pay in the process of integrity. But you will be a man that God will sustain or a person God will stain. As we come to the chapter 9, we see that it is that rich portion of scripture and that Daniel is a man who is now 80 years old and now he spent an entire life in Babylon. And as you come to this prayer, you are humbled by the earnestness of this prayer, by the intensity of the prayer. Because he recognized that God's people at a critical point in history. And he's obtained the scrolls of Jeremiah. And as he's pouring through that scroll, he's discerned the time of the exile is drawing near. And it is that promise of God in the scriptures that triggered an action within him that brings us to the power of this mighty, majestic prayer. And I want to bring the emerging three, four realities of this powerful prayer that we see. Number one, in chapter verse two, we see that Daniel prayed, understood by the books, by the number, whereof the word of God came to Jeremiah that he would accomplish 70 years. Daniel's Understood that true prayer is centered on the word of God. True prayer is centered on the word of God. He's compelled to pray by the problems of the world, but he's also compelled to pray by the promises of the word of God that was given to him. And this morning, I am sharing with you what God has spoken to me through this period, this unprecedented period of COVID-19. I hope and I know that each of you will have some connection to what God spoke to you personally. But if I were to go back, this is the passage that God has risen off of its pages to me and I come back to reading it again so it is intensely personal when I speak with you. He is compelled to pray by the problems of the world, but he's also compelled to pray by the promises of the word of God that has given. His people have been in captivity and it is coming and drawing to an end. But in that captivity, the Lord had sent something to Jeremiah and he told them that if you call unto me and if you pray unto me and if you seek me with all your heart, and search for me with all your heart. And as he's reading that from Jeremiah chapter 29, he understands and he looks and sees and sees that very few people are aware of this important truth. And he's coming and he uses the word of God and he prays in response to scriptures. And this morning I want to tell you that the best way to pray is to pray through the scriptures like Daniel. That your prayer 
prayer and word of God are linked. That the best prayers that you can pray are from an open Bible. Even as Daniel prayed, he's given us a model that Daniel's prayer begins with the Bible and is saturated in the Bible. Phrase after phrase after phrase this morning as you read comes from the scrolls and the scriptures of the word of God. And this morning, my brothers and sisters, as you are praying, saturate your prayer in the scriptures and you will not go wrong. <clears throat> Jesus said in John chapter 15, and he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatsoever you will, it shall be done. As the word of God abides in us, it will shape my way. It will shape our way to think and pray according to the scriptures. True prayer is centered on the word of God. True prayer is not only just centered on the word of God, it is centered on the will of God. Verse 3, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting sackcloth and ashes he prayed and set himself to seek the Lord for the release of his people and brothers and sisters he had no one beside him he's praying God's promises back to him taking God's promise and praying it back to him and this morning it is the best way and the method in your situation that whatever captivity that we are in it is to pray the scriptures back to God he set himself to seek by prayer supplication fasting sackcloth and ashes <clears throat> supplication pictures that servant who is kneeling and looking to his master and pleading for his case. And that is what Daniel was doing. He was pleading his case to the Lord. And he did it all alone. <clears throat> Praying with a group of people is easy. Corporate prayer has its place. But corporate prayer can only be so little. But here is Daniel. He resolved to pray alone. Not considering what others fail to do. He's not looking at others. And friends, it is in this area we have a challenge. Praying alone. True prayer centered on the word of God. True prayer centered in the will of God. True prayer, number three is centered in confession. And this part from four on, it is so powerful and so majestic. I prayed unto the Lord my God, made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and desperate God. And I want you to see chapter five, verse five, we have sinned, number one, have committed iniquity, two, have done wickedly, three, have rebelled four, even departing from thy commandments five and thy judgments six and verse number seven. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, princes, fathers, and people. Daniel begins to enumerate the classifications of sins 
of his people. Confession. We have sinned. I want you to see that. We have sinned. He doesn't. I want you to see that word we. And yet that we is so powerful because as you read through the eight chapters, you are left confounded with that understanding of why is he saying we when you know that this is a righteous man that is living for them and living in front of them. That the only accusation that they could come up with of Daniel is that he was praying. But he includes himself. He includes himself. We have sinned. We have committed iniquity. He becomes that man that Ezekiel speaks about. When the Lord sought for a man to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. And here is Daniel. He understands the power of the words of Ezekiel. And he says... I want to be that man that will stand in the gap, that will make up the hedge. It, breaches speaks to us about holes in the wall. Breaches speak to us about areas where we need to return. Breaches in our church, breaches in our family, breaches in our nation. This morning, the Lord is speaking to us. We will be that man, that person, God is looking for that one person who will stand in the gap, who will make up the hedge to change the course of history so that the wrath of God is pushed off. God is looking for people who will stand in the gap and he took the sins of his people placed it upon himself and he foreshadows another man that comes years later in that same tribe in which that took the sin of mankind upon him. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Daniel takes the place of that same spirit in that he took upon the sin. He foreshadows that man and he takes the sin of the people. Lord Jesus Christ took that ugliness of sin and he placed it upon himself that we might become the righteousness of God. I'm almost coming to an end, brothers. True prayer. <clears throat> is also centered for the glory of his name. Verse 18, oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes, behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. He appeals, he appeals to God's zeal for the glory of his own name. For the glory of his name. Look at the power of that prayer as it's coming. He said, we do not present our supplications before thee on the ground of our righteousness, but on the ground of thy mercy. Hallelujah. And he says, oh Lord, hear. I'm just hitting this. I, I, I don't have time to hit go. And God willing, at some point, maybe I'll come back. God, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. 
Oh Lord, hearken. The people of God, we who are God's people, are known by his name. And if there's one thing that God has, he has an infinite zeal for his name. He has an infinite zeal for his name. And today, I come to you to tell you that God, everything that the Lord does, everything that our God does is only for his glory. Everything that happens to us, it is meant for the glory of your name. And as Daniel pleaded with God on behalf of his people, and we see that as he pleaded, he was heard. And wherever you are this morning, whatever situation that it is that you're going through, as you pray, you will experience that same heavenly visitation like Daniel. As while I was praying and as I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain. Yea, while I was speaking, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me at the time of the evening oblation. What a powerful that his prayer as he was speaking, he experienced that heavenly visitation even as he was praying, even as he's speaking, that presence of the angels were there and speaking to him. This morning, I want to let you know that whatever, wherever it is that you are, the presence of God, God's spirit is hovering because it is for the glory of his name, and that he intends to do to keep you from falling. Israel's hope did not rest in what they had to offer because what they had to offer was rebellion, sin, and failure. But God gave to them, or Daniel understood that their hope was in God himself because to our Lord belongs mercies. This morning, that is, that is the grace that we have, that we can come to our God, that as we place our hope, not in anything else but the Lord, that he is able to take us to where we ought to be. The most powerful tool we can use is the tool and the power of prayer. And I pray this morning, the Lord will bless you with these words.